I love KW because the lines, the the, the one liners that you know, bold and and the success is simple, not easy. Like there are things that you can uh, attach yourself to, right? And uh, somebody said, I think it might have been Cody Gibson once said. He said, if you and I are a good fit, money's never going to be an issue. everybody and hello 2023 david donaldson here with joe martin on another episode of entrepreneurial impact very excited to kick off the year today with one of our luxury ambassadors right matt leva out of the chantilly kw market center matt how are you doing how is your new year's i'm good 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 uh good new year's uh a little bit chaotic. Uh, ended up having Christmas at our house, so and that that decision was made two days before Christmas when we were in Punta Cana. So we came back to like a whirlwind of like making a bunch of food and getting the house ready. Um, so so that was good. Uh, New Year's was a little bit lower key, and and back in the office yesterday, and uh, uh, getting back to work for for hopefully an exciting and uh, slightly less tumultuous twenty three uh, than twenty two was. Well. Well, you know, like some of the most unplanned things that happen that way sometimes are the best, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, sounds like you built the plane as it was falling off the cliff for Christmas, Matt. So I applaud you and hey. the fact that you're still in one piece. Listen, being able to being able to uh, adjust on the fly, I think, is a big part of uh being uh well being being a family uh person, right? And also uh also a business person. So well, given it's the first podcast after the new year, Dave, I just want to share. This was the best New Year's ever because instead of having to watch the god-awful ball drop with all the drunken uh, CNN and all those different media speakers that got hammered and then got told they couldn't do that uh, for this year, I actually got to watch a football game end, and that was how I rang in the New Year. And I can't say that there's ever been a year that, that that's ever happened. So 2023 is going to be a hell of a lot different. No, two, I'm with you. Like, jump, they literally came on. They're like, oh, by the way, happy new year. That was, uh, <laughs> you know, 28 seconds ago. And I'm like, oh, sweet. It was a great game, by the way. A couple of great games. Yeah, yeah it was It was an enter- entertaining weekend, to say the, to say the least. Uh, well, so let's just kind of get into it. You know, uh, Matt, you know, I know, you know, for those of you that are listening at home, you know, Matt's been with us a couple of years. And he's been a licensed realtor for how long now? Uh, got licensed in, in 2017. 2017, and you've been with KW now for three years, is that right? Uh, no, right in right in 2018, I think. I, at some okay. point in 18 is when I joined. I think it was April, something like that. Okay, but that time period from from then till now, it's been a time of radical change for you. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, really started real estate as like a hobby, right? I mean, there was the, the I was kind of doing some other things. I ran another small business that I had two of them actually kind of based around kids sports. And, um, you know, that business is a tough one. And, 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 uh, luckily, uh, you know, had my real estate license and kind of started working in it when that business was running, um, and got in a position where it, it, you know, there was some success early, and it, it certainly showed me a path to like the next step, you know, and um, COVID was was virtual suicide for for those businesses. Um, and uh, so I was I was able to kind of shift pretty quickly and had already kind of started shifting. So well, you mentioned having had a couple of businesses before this, right? So not a lot of difference from a lot of people that have that entrepreneurial spirit kind of ingrained in it. 
But where did that come from for you? Where did you realize, hey, you know, there's things out there that I want to do, whether it's in real estate or some others, but I want to do this and run it my way. How did that, where did that come from? I mean, look, I'm a horrific employee. Like, <laughs> like I'm your employee. Let me be very clear. Like, if if I'm your employee, you and I hate each other within 90 days. There is no way that we're going to get along. I'm going to be a complete pain in the never. I, I'm just, I, I'm unfortunately, my parents are teachers. My, I didn't grow up like my mom is like you know fluent in six languages. Like master you degree. Then? I no idea. Like the the, <laughs> the gene pool just like stopped short. Um, you know, and 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 I didn't. I I think. Yeah, I remember being my senior year in high school and, and sitting there and hating it and going, I just feel like I'm locked in a box and and I just need to get out. And, you know, that led to some terrible decisions in a lot of ways. It, it led to, you know, me not going to college right away. I, I, I worked as an orderly uh, in a hospital. So I literally moved like fat people and dead people around the hospital. That was my job for six months as an 18 year old. And, you know, was partying and having fun and just making a little bit of money. And after six months, I was like, oh, to hell with this. This is the worst job ever. And I, it ended up pushing me to go to college more just because I was a soccer player at the time. And so I was able to play in college, um, you know, barely got an associate's degree. Like just they, literally, I had to beg the school to let me even get a, a, the, the, the associate's degree and went a little bit more. And, again, was, was found that I was there to play soccer and maybe meet girls. I don't know. That was like pretty much my only existence in college. And so, um, that's kind of how I started. And, and so, you know, I sold cars for a while and, and, and that was really like the beginning of my career was I wanted to make money. I knew I wanted to make money. I had no discernible skills that I could really figure out because I didn't want to go to any sort of classes to learn any discernible skills. Um, and I also wanted some freedom in, in what I made and certainly never had the idea that there was a next level to making money. It always seemed to be more focused around like, how do I pay bills? Um, but you know, that's, that's kind of where I started. And so I think being an entrepreneur, when I moved down here, um, I did start in real estate in about 06, right before like the world blew up right in the real estate market. Um, and I was working with guys that, you know, I, there, there just wasn't a lot of leadership there. I, you know, a lot of the people I was around, like, I hate to say it, but like they were the, you know, the poster children for, for the greed and, and, and what was going on in 06, 07. Right. And a lot of people that I knew that lost homes that, that foreclosed on everything. And so that was my start in real estate back in 06. It wasn't exactly illustrious. Um, but I went into coaching soccer around here because soccer was my background and Northern Virginia is a hotbed for high level travel soccer. Um, yeah, I've got and, an 11 year old that could use your tutelage. Yeah, there you go. Right. So I, I I did that. I ended up getting um, a high school coaching job at, at Woodson High School. I was an assistant for a year, head coach for two years. And then I moved to Paul the Sixth. Sorry. So soccer. Yeah. Are you a great actor? You know what? I'm not even. I've watched a lot of things. And I'm just impressed at the act. Not going to justify that with any sort of a response. Well, there's sales skills right there. There you go. I mean, look, if you can get somebody yellow carded, you're probably a good salesperson. Um, So. So yeah, went went to PVI and 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 then I started a little uh, soccer franchise teaching soccer to like three and four year olds. Uh, it was called Happy Feet. So I did that in Ashburn when I was started there, and um, it was cool because 
most soccer coaches work in the evenings, right? You work from four o'clock to eight o'clock. You're on the field every night. You're on the, on the field on the weekends. Um, and none of them really do much during the day unless they have a good job where they kind of, you know, they can partner both, but running that soccer program allowed me to coach preschool kids all day long and teach preschool kids. And then at four o'clock I would go out to the travel field. So I was soccer for like 75 hours a week for a long time. Um, and the cool thing was I was, you know, I built the franchise I had, I think I was the number number 13 franchise to buy into this company. Um, we ended up being one of the top uh, franchises in production for a couple of years there, and, and which ended up being about 150 franchises. Um, and then I started another company that did after school programs here in Chantilly. And uh, that was, it was successful right from the beginning, but not a big profit center. Um, you know, overhead was really high. Um, and it just, it was tough. I mean, it was it, it, tough being in a business where you're really not making money, but you're responsible for all these bills. And, you know, it's it's exhausting, right? And entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. And I, I don't say that to, to tell you not to do it, okay? But like, you know, I joked the other day with somebody like we're in the, the chafing nipples part of the marathon, right? That's what entrepreneurship <laughs> is. You're, you're, you're- Bring the you, band-aids. Yeah, oh like you're, look, life sucks sometimes. I mean, it's just kind of the way it works. And and you know, when when COVID hit, I mean, I'm not kidding you. I had to write a check for forty five thousand dollars to get out of the lease of the building. Okay, that was just to get out. It, and and thank God, I was in a position in this business where I went. You know what? It sucks, but I can do it. And you know, I I think. Was it Gene Rivers? And I don't, I've never met Gene, but somebody told me Gene Rivers always says, you know, the thing that real estate gives him is that he doesn't want things to be a major thing. He just wants it to be a thing. Like if there's a medical emergency, like he can handle it. It's not, it's just another thing instead of a crisis. Um, you know, and, and that's what I've hoped to kind of build as, as, as we've grown. Um, and that was the time when, when I said, okay, this business has to shut down and I have partners. My partners wanted their money back and couldn't do it. What I could do was I could get us out of the lease. And I did that personally because I was like, you know what? This is what has to happen to kind of move on. And, you know, luckily it's it's uh, catapulted into what I hope to be my lifelong career. So that's my life story. That's awesome. I mean, it went from working with kids to working with people that are buying property and acting like kids. So, you know, you're pretty well skilled in that capacity. Can be. <laughs> <laughs> when, when emotion takes over, right? The, the, Absolutely. You know, the, they throw the temper tantrums and yeah. standing in and you got to put them in timeout. That's right. Let me ask you a different question because I love this story about like everybody gets on this podcast um, and I'll share mine. Like I got into real estate because I answered a Craigslist ad. So before Craigslist turned into back pages, right? Um, so my, don't go to Craigslist. Don't, yeah, go, don't, go, to Craigslist don't go to Craigslist anymore. You don't go to Craigslist anymore. Like you got like serial killers and other nefarious people. It's the I rabbit know. hole of rabbit holes. Yeah. <laughs> so I got into real estate because I got <clears throat> this falling out with a, I was in restaurants and hospitality, fought like I had this massive night, sold like 30,000 on like $2 drinks on a Thursday, smash records and employer comes in from New York, comes into the bathroom. There's a urinal that's broken. There's like a leaky faucet. And I'm so excited from the night before crushing records. And he's like, I'm writing you up for having broken materials. I go, you know what? I'm done. Went on all kinds of search engines and on Craigslist, there was a 
uh, posting for career in real estate. And that's how I got into real estate because I got pissed off by my former employer. And here we go. So what was yours? Like, what was the, you know, you got some franchise, all that kind of stuff. What was the tipping point of like, this was the straw that, that broke that said, hey, we're going into real estate now? You know, I don't really know. I, I don't know that there was a moment. I think that I, I joke about being a horrific employee because I actually like believe that. I, I, I you don't want to manage me. And, and, and it, it was funny because like, I'll, I'll say this, like I had people asking me if I'd be interested in like a TL role. And I literally said, you're going to hate me in three months. Like you're, you're, this isn't going to go well. Let's let's I just don't want to put either one of us in that position. But I think initially, you know, I worked for a company that did soccer programs and I got paid like, I mean, literally the peanuts. Right. Like it was barely enough for me to be there. And I saw what was being made and I saw these big programs and in sports programs, it's look, it's $150 a kid per program, eight weeks, you have your coaching costs and they're just like field money and then profit. And I just kept realizing that for me, what I was good at was kind of being my own boss and not great at it, but better at it than being an employee. And I will tell you, a lot of it came from coaching high school because you know, in public school, it was a little bit more rigid when I coached at Woodson. Like it's the, the county kind of tells you, look, this is your dates. This is your, this is what you do here. It's what you can and can't do. When I went to private school, I went to a program that was a complete and utter disaster. I mean, it was literally the year before all the best players had left. They didn't want to play. And I went in and they all came back and played. And what I realized was that was a little company I was building. Okay. It was a little like, I controlled the uniforms. I controlled our schedule. I controlled our preseason. I controlled, I controlled, I controlled. And within a year, we were fighting for a state championship on a team that had won two games the year before, right? Mm. In the most competitive soccer league in the country, okay? The Washington Catholic League is, is not, you know, anything to, to raise your nose at. So when I did that, I kind of went, okay, well, I've been successful here. They kind of let me do my own thing. And I built it and I'm, I'm, I'm recruiting players and I'm getting known by college coaches and, you know, that was successful. So why can't I just do this in a business world? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I knew how to sell things, right? So, okay, I can, I can do that. So I think that's probably to answer your question now that I, I don't know that I've ever thought about that question, but I think that might've been a part of me just feeling like, all right, as long as I'm kind of left alone, I can do what I want to do. And I'm going to screw up a billion times. I know that. Um, but I also know what the win is. And I think I can get there. Well, I, I want to applaud you for retracting from the I don't know to give a very detailed answer because Joe's not a fan of I don't know. It's a whole nother <laughs> no, I know that. parameters. Hold, hold, on, hold on. Do you know the background on I don't know? <laughs> you know the background on I don't know? So anybody that's listening, you're about to get like a, a, a fun story of like why I don't know is completely unacceptable is that I don't know basically says that you are not capable of thinking on your own which means you need to be told what to do. And if I'm paying you a, a, a salary or a contract wage, whatever, because I'm paying for your services to do something and you tell me you don't know what to do, then do I get to rebate back what I just paid you because I got to do your job? That's very, like, very black and white. But the, the problem that I think in our society, we're totally going down a rabbit hole and then we'll get back into Matt's story, is that <laughs> we don't challenge people to think. We actually allow people to say, I don't know, which is the most powerful coaching question is, well, if you did know, what would it be? Or even better in my world that Dave's heard this, so I'll be like, okay, Dave, I'm dead in a ditch. You got to make a decision. What is it? Right. 
And I think that I don't know is so disempowering, but allows people this cover to save face ego wise, because if I say, I don't know, now I can go to my colleague and say, well, I didn't do that project because I didn't know what to do. Joe's the problem. He didn't right. tell me. Right. So now they're going to push the accountability to somebody else. And they're also actually avoiding the success because if they actually just did it, yeah, they might fail, but isn't the likelihood of them succeeding about the same it is as failure? So like, that's why I don't know, Kit like draws a nerve yeah. with me yeah. is that yeah. like, People have such greatness and you're covering yourself for ego and lack of whatever, because you're going to say, well, I don't know. And it's been acceptable in the U.S. to say, I don't know to your, your supervisor or anybody else. And then that somehow that's OK. Yeah. Sorry. And, and I'm not interested in even trying. Right. Like, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway, I, I <laughs> thank you, Dave. I mean, you got me. No, fired I, up on, a, on It this. doesn't take much. I know how to poke the bear. I've learned over time. Right. What the triggers are. But that, that's an interesting trigger, though. Right. Because. Sometimes we'll say things like that, and you knew right away. You could like to pivot it, and you you dug deep to find your response. And I think that that pause to to let that happen, you know, that's important because you even said it's like, wow, I never thought of it that way, but you were able to formalize your opinion and go there, and that matters. So you come from a unique background, right, of being an entrepreneur that you weren't necessarily looking for, but you recognize opportunity. I think I think for a lot of people that are building businesses and being untrue, that's really the kind of choice that I can do that. And you recognize that I not only can do that, but I can do it well. And they see success quickly or over time, but also recognizing what you alluded to, being able to get out and saying, okay, I have to make a change here because this isn't going in a direction that's going to end up well for me and make the hard decisions. Now you're running a real estate team. Right. And you're impacting lives of people because you're not only now just running a business, right? You're you're running a business and you're coaching, you're building, you're bringing people into your organization. Right. We had a meeting the other day, you're working with trying to bring somebody in. And it was quite impressive to watch you handle that situation. Because there was identified with somebody that was trying to join you and you saw hey, there's a real good fit for us in this people together. So how do you fall back on what you learn and apply that to where you are now, which is building this type of an organization? I think one of the lines, I love KW because the lines, the, 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 the one-liners that, you know, bold and, and the success is simple, not easy. Like there are things that you can uh, attach yourself to, right? And uh, somebody said, I think it might've been Cody Gibson once said, he said, if you and I are a good fit, money's never going to be an issue. Right. And I went, man, that's that's really and I know that probably, you know, came wherever it came from. But when I look at building, if I think we're the right fit or I see a potential for being a right fit, like I'm going to try to figure out how to get there. And I think that is, you know, I think our, I grew quickly as an agent. We grew quickly as a team in terms of production and we're not a big group. But my mindset is always to figure out how. It's not to figure out why not, right? Because, and I think, like, what do they talk about when, when you're an entrepreneur and you have an idea, you're going to hear everybody telling you why not. Who's the person telling you why it will work or why it could work, right? And like, who cares, who cares if it's not going to like throw you off a cliff, why push down the fear of it not working when the potential of it working is unbelievable, right? I mean, when I first got my license, multiple people telling me, 
oh, well, there's a ton of agents out there. Oh, well, blah, blah, blah. Oh, they know you as a soccer coach. They're not going to know you as anything else. Well, $250 million in sales volume later in four years. Really? I mean, I I think, yeah, sorry. So that's, I think that's where I go with it, right? Is like, as much as there are times where I probably come up with stupid ideas and I take stupid risks, there's also a lot in there that has been really good, you know, and it's because I'm kind of willing to, to take that leap. Well, think about it, right? There's a couple things like psychology and how we like are raised, right? Because like, if you think about your family, your family is, your mom most of the time is never going to tell you to go do some crazy thing. She's looking out at how to protect you, right? She's saying like, don't do this, don't do that. Like even how we raise our kids, don't eat with this hand, don't do that. Don't, whatever the thing is, it's always like to prevent some type of loss. So you grow up in an environment that's always protecting you from some type of that's loss. True. But let's be real, we're not worrying about saber-toothed tigers and like trying to find our next shelter in like a cave. We're trying to figure out how we're going to make our next fire and get our next meal. Like we actually have stability within shelter, but we still have these underground foundation psychology of how do we prevent loss and that prevention of loss eventually causes a challenge for our external growth. And think about this. What if, uh, take political views aside, but if you take JFK and if someone had said like, you're crazy, you can't go to the moon, like, would we have had the right race and push on from NASA to get to the moon first, right? Like, and had he not made that audacious thing uh, back when he was the president, would we have done it? Like, would right. we, like someone's got to go out there and do it. And yet, I think your, your point of failure is inevitable, yeah. right? It's just a matter of how fast you fail and move on and keep it going. And I think that's really impactful you brought up for everybody listening is that like half the time it's, it has nothing to do with your ability to achieve. It has everything to do with your mindset and whether or not you can actually say, I got a 50% chance of losing, but I got a 50% chance of winning. Right. What does winning look like? Um, you know, so I, I, thanks, Matt. I think that's a huge point for people. Yeah, I think for, for a lot of people, just having the ability to recognize that I can do this, right? I come, you know, I've told this story before, right? I, I came from a background where I never imagined, because I didn't grow up in this, so that working for yourself made sense. I had dad's a pension guy, uncle's a pension guy. Granddad's a pension guy. Mom worked for a doctor's office for 35 years. So opening up my own shop and doing anything on my own never crossed my mind. Then marrying into a family where they were serial entrepreneurs completely opened me up to something I never mattered. Now, what you're exposed to still doesn't define on what you're going to be able to do with that. You still have to have the internal fortitude or just the dare, the gall to go, you know what? I'm going to do it. Some people are just meant to have a child. Not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur. They could have the idea, but they might not have the aptitude to execute because they're scared to death of the fail and not understanding what the success could ultimately be at some point in time. Yeah, look, if the entire world was entrepreneurs, we'd all be a bunch of lunatics, right? <laughs> you need a level yeah. of stability. And I have friends of mine that are government employees that have an unbelievable retirement, great salary, whatever, and they are doing just fine. Right. I just know that that's not a world I can live in. You know, I, I'd rather be and I'm not a big risk taker. Like I'm not jumping out of a plane with a parachute on. There's not it's not happening. But from this standpoint, I feel as though that being locked into a desk all day, that that's that's way worse for me than than what the alternative is. Well, that's a matter of assessing risk and looking at it differently. 
Yeah. This isn't necessarily risk yeah. in that capacity. Because as Joe alluded to earlier, it's not life-threatening. You can recover if you plan and you look okay. at things and you can get out or you can write a $45,000 check. Correct. It's painful. It's just not. Right. Kill you. We're not brain surgery or open heart surgery here. So uh, now how does this look not. going forward for you? How do you take what you've learned, <clears throat> right? And you're building, you're growing your team. And like I said, you've got, you know, there's been challenges there. Right? Yeah. What does that look like? And what keeps you driving forward? And what are you pouring into those that have come along for the ride with you? You know, look, I, I'm going to be very uh, transparent here. Um, I am hyper-focused right now on generating business because, you know, the last couple of weeks, I mean, our team hasn't put anything under contract, right? I mean, the world's changed and 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 I'm very aware of it. And we are, as a team, digging deep into the basics again. Everything is the basics. We're not getting fancy. We're just going basics and meeting people and getting into our communities because the the world that we've been in and 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 by the way when i tell people i've been in the business since 2017 i get this response well that was a really good time to get into real estate that comment pisses me off to no end and it's a per, it's personally insulting to me because what i look at is i go look a good business owner knows how to adapt to any market that they're in if I sell hot dogs and the entire country goes vegan, I better come up with a different hot dog, right? Really quickly. I can't just say, well, screw it. I guess I'm out because I don't exist anymore. And so the market that we were in was completely nuts. We know that. But we also know agents that had some of their lowest years in the last couple of years. Right. I mean, there are agents, I'm sure you guys know them, that actually had their lowest production years, 20, 21, 22, for whatever reason. You know, so I think if you know how to pivot and how to react, you can survive through anything. And the key is to pivot and react quickly, not to wait. You know, and and um, so that's what we're doing. It just just, you know, to be very black and white. And um, we're looking at our expenses, where they are, where they should be, things that we can cut out, things that we don't need. Um, but we're excited about 23. You know, I think there's a lot of trepidation. There's a lot of not really 100% sure what things are going to look like. I mean, 2020 in March, all of us thought that it was over, right? And look yeah. what happened. So the key is none of us really know. None of the paid finance guys on on CNN or Fox or any of the news, they don't have any idea. Right. The key is to keep going and understand what the basics are and how you get to transactions, i.e. money. Um, and so that's kind of what we're doing. And, you know, my goal with my team and everybody with me, we, we talked about it today. You know, my job is to be there to support them to build the biggest businesses they possibly can within our structure. That's our our plan. And it down to our, uh, you know, every single admin person on the team, every single agent, the new agents, um, if they want to buy investment properties, we're there to help and I'm there to help. Um, and so we're doing things that will help set them up for success. And we are in no way, shape or form sitting there going, all right, guys, put your head down and hope we don't get hit next year. No, we are getting out and attacking as much of this market as we possibly can. So that answers your question. So what I'm hearing you say is like, Stop being on defense, go on offense, yeah. right? Like yeah. go out and make the business happen, go do the lead generation because over the past three years, most people don't know what that is. 
So you're going to give yourself a competitive advantage by actually going out and being aggressive. One last thing to kind of wrap up here, Matt, why do you do what you do? Like, how do you know, you know, you're 80 years old, 90 years old, you're on your deathbed and you're saying like, I left an impact or I had a legacy left behind me through real estate. What is it that drives you to get up every day to make the world a better place? I, I think number one is I'm super competitive. Okay. I mean, I just am. I, I, I was a college athlete. I, I, you know, coached at a high level for a long time. I love competition and I view this as partly competition. That's that, you know, it's not an ego thing. It's that I need to get up with a challenge every day and, and, and a, a puzzle to figure out and how to win, how to beat the puzzle. And so that's a part of it. Right. Um, the, the big why is, is, is my family, right? I mean, I, I don't have a 401k. I don't have retirement, I have a pension. None of that's going to happen for me. So I have one option and that option is to build as big as I possibly can and leave as big of a future for my, my kids as I possibly can. So, you know, in the middle of a market turning, I bought my first apartment building last month. I, it, I didn't even see it before I bought it, which was probably a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> but I, I saw a deal and I went, okay, the numbers work, do it. Don't even think about it. Just do it. And, and, it's a little scary, right? Clearly. Um, but what I know is that every building, every property that I buy is a couple less houses that I may have to sell 10 years from now, 15 years from now, right? Because that's going to start generating the uh, income for, for my family, for my girls. Like, you know, we just literally yesterday, today, we paid off the second third of both of their college education. My hope is next year, I don't have to worry about their college education anymore. Those are things that are just a big deal. And I know those are financial things, but look, there's just a reality to it, right? I mean, we live in one of the most expensive areas in the country. There's a reality to what this world gives us and you can only do with it what you can do with it. And, and what I see is that we can turn commissions into investment properties and investments that grow long-term. So that's a big piece of it. You know, the other piece is I coached kids for a really long time. And I like having agents on our team that I can help coach. I'm not coaching them on the soccer field anymore, but it's amazing how many lessons and how many strategies I would use on the soccer field emotionally with my teams that we use in our regular team meetings, you know, and, and, and we talk today, you know, um, sometimes we get the, oh, well, we change things a lot. And I go, well, are we changing things or are we pivoting and adapting? Right. And you, you, you play a team that plays long ball that kicks it from the back every time you have to play one way. You play a team that holds the ball and holds possession and they have really skillful players. You have to adjust your strategy a bit. That's what real estate is. You have to adjust your strategy, not necessarily your game plan, but how you attack your game plan sometimes has to change. And, and don't be afraid to change. And I think I talk to a lot of agents, especially and I, I don't want to make it an age thing, but a lot of agents that have been in the business a long time. One of the things that I hear a lot, I'm really opposed to change. And I go, hey, listen, the train's coming. You're either going to get run over by it or you're going to get on it and or at least get out of the way of it. Right. And and some of the bigger producing agents that I know, I've heard them say, I just I just don't know if I like change. You know, and it's just hard. Yeah, it, it is. It is for everybody. But do you want to die on that sword? Or do you want to go tell with it? It's going to be uncomfortable, but, it, you know, Scott Toombs from Bold said this once. He said, he said, is the pain of making the call to the expired and getting told to piss off worse than the pain of not paying your bills for your family that month? 
Answer the question. Okay, I'll, yeah, no problem. Tell me to piss off. I'll make the next call. Fine. I think it's, you make a really good point on, um, you talk about impact for your family and impact for the people you're around is that the cash that comes from the closing is the vehicle that allows you to do all those things. And I think that's very important for people to understand is that profit, you can't have a purpose in business without profit because you need the capital to allow time or hiring or reinvestment, whatever the thing may be is like, it all starts with money. And then once you have that money, you're able to deploy it in whatever impactful way you want to have. And I think now more than ever, one is the person that has the abilities to take on those investments and those opportunities is going to make more money. And the other part is also factoring in um, the ability to be okay with change. And I think that we live in a world where it's constantly changing. And because real estate has been insulated and protected for a long period of time, but this is how we do things because we had control of data, we had control of the, the buyer and seller and that you could only get access to our MLSs. Well, that's all changing because the information is being disseminated in all kinds of different ways. So we have to really think about how do you maintain control of the client, not control, sorry, uh, the best place for the client to have the best real estate experience because of all these other avenues that have actually come into the real estate industry. So I think you're hundred percent right. Adopt the change. And then actually what's even better is cause of the change. If if I was to change any conversation as we close this one out for everybody, be the change. Because if you're, if you're going to ride the change, you're actually not directing where it's going to, where the train's going to go. But if you actually go start the train, Mm -hmm. you can dictate, are we going to San Antonio or are we going to New York? We going to Buffalo, we going to Detroit, where are we going? And now you're actually empowered as an entrepreneur to drive where that change is going to be, as opposed to being a passenger on it. Yeah. Drive. And the, Gary talks about all about, uh, Gary talks about it all the time in that, in, in his group is which one of you is going to disrupt the industry next? I mean, it's something to think about, you know, and there's a lot of programs that are coming through Keller Williams that were developed by KW agents that said, I can come up with a better way to do this. And then they went to Gary and they went, Hey, what do you think? And a lot of them, he went, yep, I'm in, let's do it. You know, because there's a disruption there and that can be done on a local level as well. Well, listen, Matt, I really, I really appreciate your insight and your candor. Uh, and for the fact of matter of kind of joining us the, the third day of the new year, uh, especially, you know, when we have a lot to do to make sure that this is a successful year. So with that being said, thanks for joining us on Entrepreneurial Impact and give Thank us you. a listen. Have a great day. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Matt.